Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley. Unfortunately, my longtime co-host, Kevin Gallagher, was out sick today. We wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, in all likelihood, he'll be back to fighting alligators and, and causing all sorts of mayhem uh, before you know it. But filling in uh, in his first outing as a, as a temporary replacement co-host for the Jiu-Jitsu Times when he's not busy being one of the youngest active professional MMA fighters in the world, signed to the UFC, like just had coming off of a dynamite debut with the promotion, and all of 20 years old, Chase Hooper. Chase, thank you very much for giving us your time today, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, you know, glad to be on and um, glad everything worked out. So I guess just uh, just to, as a way of starting things off, uh, how are you feeling these days? You know, I know it's a bit of a, a rough time for MMA fighters and, you know, with your career just really starting to kick off, you know, how are you feeling? Uh, good. I'm hoping like none of this like virus stuff, um, affects my next fight. I'm actually, I got the contract signed. Um, I'm guessing it might be at the apex, but it might be where it's scheduled to be at. We'll see. Uh, everything's kind of up in the air right now. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get paid. I'm trying to fight. So we'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Well, uh, you got you, you to gotta be optimistic, I would imagine. Um, so now kicking it back a little bit, what makes uh, such a young, uh, just such a young man decide to go into this, this type of profession? You know, it's really tough. Uh, how long have you been uh, an MMA fighter? Uh, so I started training, um, I started doing like jujitsu, a little bit of striking stuff when I was probably like eight years old or so. Um, so I've been around the sport for a long time. I kind of grew up with it. Um, like a lot of the guys that were a professional when I was a kid, I kind of like looked up to them. So I kind of, you know, had that little bit of, uh, guidance towards, uh, this career, this lifestyle. Um, but I've been fighting for, let's see, I think I had either just turned 16 or just turned 17 before my first amateur fight. So only about like three or four years since I my very first fight. Well, you made your, I know you made your professional debut in 2017. So if you can take me back to that, uh, that initial decision to go pro, you know. So uh, I was actually 6-0 as an amateur at the time. Um Every single one of my amateur fights was a first-round finish, um, which is, uh, you know, difficult to do with the amateur rounds only being, like, three minutes instead of five that you have for pro. Um, I'd fought some tough fights. I'd beat some of the best guys around, you know, at the amateur level. So then we decided to take the next step and jump up to pro and start making some money. Well, it's it's definitely really impressive just in terms of uh, not many fighters can come into uh, the UFC off of one win and make the splash that, that you have, you know, in terms of just yeah. people really excited to see what happens next. And also in terms of you seem to have a grasp of social media that often eludes a lot of the other fighters. You're definitely you take a lot of things in stride and a lot of the jokes you have land a lot easier than some of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you attribute that to your age or, or what else? Age for sure. And, uh, 
I guess this is kind of like a like a two part because of the ages because like you know my generation grew up with social media, um, you know like instead of like passing notes in class, we're like sending each other memes and stuff. So it's like, you know, it's a different generation. And uh, I feel like I kind of know how to make memes a little bit from my, or like, you know, to go with a joke and not, you know, mess it up too much. Um, yeah. I would have to, I, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that uh, in terms of going with a joke, uh, you have an unofficial dad and, brother that have both fought in the UFC uh tell us about how (laughs) tell us about how you got tied so deeply to Ben Askren and you know Sean O'Malley besides your hair uh so actually it kind of goes all the way back to contender series um when I was at weigh-ins uh some of the Nevada State Athletic Commission people uh mistook me for Sean they asked if I was on the season before which was uh when he fought (laughs) I was like, oh, no, that that wasn't me. That was another dude. But, um, you know, so I kind of could assume that that was going to keep it rolling. And uh, it did after my fight. Um, I was doing my media stuff, and uh, some of the media people asked, like, oh, did you see Ben Askren's tweet? And I was like, oh, I had no idea. Um, and then I checked, and he was kind of, you know, started off the whole uh, being my dad joke. Um, I mean, or at least he officially recognized it. I'm sure people have been making that for a while. But, uh, yeah, and then we kind of went from there. Um, I'm trying to do, like, the whole Marvel plan, you know, get some spinoffs, have the whole <laughs> franchise going, and kind of go till the wheels fall off. I mean, it's – it's everyone seems to – it's one of those memes that it, – it's rare that an MMA meme has no bad guy. It's often that MMA memes have to be made at the expense of someone else, just like – you know, uh, Kamaru Usman, you know, Marty, you know, with, with Ben and, yeah. and uh, Kobe, I'm not even going to get into that, but everyone, this is just such a fun thing that everyone can really get behind that. It, it seems like it's really taken off. Um, have you, have you ever talked to Ben? Like, have you ever met him or? So we were, uh, I was actually, they brought me in when I did the MOSFET all stuff for 246, I think. Yeah. 246. Um, I was like DMing back and forth with Ben. Uh, we were going to meet up cause he was cornering Macy and, uh, obviously she got hurt. So he kind of, you know, got all tied up in that. Um, but the plan was to go out and get some ice cream, uh, <laughs> fights, uh, it didn't work out, but, um, we're DMing back and forth. I might try to go hang out with him or something once all this Corona virus stuff blows over and, uh, we'll film some content. Well, just to, to to kick it back to the Corona stuff, uh, I know a lot of people are wondering how this. I know the, the the macro people are wondering how this is affecting UFC and different promotions. I know, like writing for the Jiu Jitsu Times, it breaks my heart to see all these gyms having to close up. Mm-hmm. Has it uh, affected your personal your training in any way? Or uh, honestly, not really. Um, we live in a small town. Uh... The gym's always open. Uh, you know, my coach and I kind of, he kind of talks to everybody about it. He's like, hey, I'm going to keep the gym open until the government tells me I can't, you know. Because uh, I'm already signed for my next fight. As far as I know, I'm fighting on like a specific date. So I'm already kind of starting, already in training camp. Uh, you know, I'm not going to take a couple weeks off and kind of just hope for the best. I mean, it's, 
it, it's very scary, you know, and it's, but it's good to see that your, your, your gym is sticking by you and, and sort of, uh, maintaining an air of normalcy just because something like this could definitely throw off anybody, let alone someone that's, you know, still trying to get started. Um, how did the, how did the process of getting on the contender series initially go for you? Like, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. So, uh, just kind of, I think it was like my third professional fight. Um, so I had uh, my first pro fight, I think was in like, uh, you know, October. Then I fought again in December. Um, and then my third fight was in February. So then it was my fourth uh, professional fight. Um, it was right after my third one, like literally a week later. Uh, I had a first round win. Um, and then... I just got done training that Saturday morning. My coach called me up. He was like, hey, uh, there's this tough um, local dude. I think he was like 14 and three or something at the time. Uh, you know, his guy fell off. You want to fight tonight? And, uh, you know, I was like, yeah. Um, so I was 3-0. and I fought a guy who was like 14 and three at the time. And uh, I went all five rounds with him on just like two hours notice. Uh, and then it was after that fight. Uh, so I beat him. I got my first professional title. Damn. Um, yeah. After that fight, Sean Shelby sent me an email. He was like, Hey, you have any interest in being on contender? And I told him, you know, a hundred percent I do. And then, uh, yeah, he gave me the fight. How much, how much time did you get, have to get ready for contender series? Uh, so I actually had another fight scheduled, um, in what, I think April. So I had to fight that one first, which was like a, that was a lot of pressure. Cause you know, if I didn't win, I wouldn't even get on contender. Um, I think that was a first round win, maybe second. Uh, and then I fought on contender in July. So it was probably like five, like four or five months of knowing, um, before I ended up fighting on contender. I mean, you, you did amazing so obviously you you had enough time to prepare <laughs> yeah you... uh i'm always game to fight um that was actually my first time cutting all the way down to 145 um believe what it or you, not what do you walk at around at uh probably mid 70s jesus <laughs> yeah i'm uh i'm already starting to diet down for the next one right now so i i feel i felt fat today for stepping on the scale at 165 i now, now i'm like dang <laughs> maybe yeah, i need to uh, pat myself on the back a little bit no the thing is i don't even like my body i think i'm just going through like a growth spurt so it's <laughs> that's the real issue <laughs> You're the only UFC fighter that's gonna that's that might have to change weight classes because your body is still developing. My lord, I don't know how Max stayed at forty five uh, as long as he did. I think he came in when he was around nineteen or twenty. I mean, yeah, there. people forget that you know the the, the ages that people started fighting are. You, you, people have been in this for a while. There's videos of like a. A, a super duper young Nate Diaz beating people up just in his gym, you know? Yeah, so now do I, this is sort of a weird question, but do you do before you went pro, you know, uh, so you went to high school. Yeah. Uh, did a lot of people and your, your friends and classmates understand what you were doing? Uh, kind of, but not really. Like I didn't really talk to anybody. Um, 
you know, I was definitely the nerdy kid that kind of, you know, I just did my homework and like, didn't really talk to anybody, just went home, got ready to go to the gym and just trained, uh, you know, I was pretty, uh, I kept my head low and I kind of, um, stayed pretty low profile. Low pro low. Oh, then you were low profile. <laughs> now you're, now you're emceeing NASCAR events. Yeah. I just kind of fell into all this stuff. Uh, I think that's kind of part of the humor in it is that I'm not, you know, I'm not natural with doing this stuff. So they just kind of throw me into it and it's funny. You, you, they're just trying to see how, how uncomfortable they can make you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's a very, it's, it's very interesting. You say that just because, you know, with this, this era of the UFC has been sort of defined by a lot of people's ability to talk trash and sort of make waves in terms of a fight. Do do you foresee yourself having to sort of step into any any roles like that, or I think I've already kind of found my role because um, I, similar to Sean O'Malley, uh, like I don't look like your typical uh, MMA fighter, you know. Like I don't have tattoos. I'm not like a Jack looking wrestler with like facial hair and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you got you a know, little. You got. Little, I, I see. Yeah. I see you, man. <laughs> No, but I think uh, I think that kind of makes me stick out, especially with the age and all that. And uh, I feel like I don't; it wouldn't seem genuine if I was trying to trash talk people because I really I'm not that type of fighter. Um, I just go in there like a job and kind of you know get the work done. Um, so I just kind of stick with what what feels natural, and people seem to like it so far. Well, speaking to what's what's uh, what sticks natural, you know, you've got a, a really high submission rate for the amount of professional fights you've had, and you've talked a lot about um, uh, how much you value your your jujitsu training. Uh, did you start with jujitsu specifically, or did you start with just catch all like MMA, doing all of it right out of the gate? No, I started off with uh, gi jujitsu. What like three or four days a week. Um as a little kid then i pretty quick bumped it up to like six days a week and uh yeah i've been training gi jiu-jitsu since i was eight years old and uh it's got me all the way here so oh what uh what belt are you right now uh i'm on my fourth stripe on my brown belt right now so oh dang son oh man do you ever think about all like all the kids you went to school with that thought they were tough and this this quiet uh, skinny kid with a mop top could have just ended their life, ended their whole existence? <laughs> yeah, I like it's crazy to me to think that people have like so much confidence, so much confidence in their ability to fight, but like if you see videos of street fights, like they don't know what's going on at all. And that's kind of crazy to me. Like I had no confidence, but I probably knew more than everybody else, which is kind of weird. Um, I, I definitely get that feeling just cause I, there was this uh, moment when I was, uh, I was about like 14. I was like, I was 14 or 15 and I was like a really skinny cross country runner in, in, in high school and no jujitsu, no martial art. I was like a, a yellow belt in karate, I think, from like when I was a kid, which is you know, the, you forget what that is. Yeah. Um. And this uh, this football player for some reason wanted to throw me in his trunk. I think it was because someone dared him to do it, and he threw threw me on the ground, and he ended up dragging me towards his trunk, and I'm like trying to get away from him, and my cross country coach, who was a brown belt at the time, 
saw it and bolted over and jumped onto onto back mount standing and sunk in a rear naked choke and the kid like immediately went out and that was like when you see it live like that you start to realize just how much like how much power it gives you mm. you know is that is uh was there ever a moment when you were a kid just because i know how tough that type of training is where it's like what kept you in it for those for the long hauls i think it's just you know like i'm a really competitive person uh and i like uh i find something and i just kind of absorb myself into it and i just kind of try to do it like to go as far as i can with it and that was just kind of jujitsu for me i kind of found it um you know i like the ability to be able to defend myself i like the intricacies of it um you know like it's not easy to do it's hard um i like that and i liked you know being able to compete and being able to win so that's probably what kept me in it i mean I, my coach there was this moment where i was very clearly going to quit you know like that was going to be my last class it was like my third class as a white belt and he just he took me aside and said one day you're going to do this to other people and that that triggered the really malicious part of my brain <laughs> Yeah. And that's what that's why I'm still doing it. So <laughs> I guess you're I guess you're a better person than I am. You're just competitive. No, whatever. I mean, you know, at the end of the day we're all training to like kill somebody or like dismember them, you know. It's, <laughs> you know. I mean, when you phrase it like that. <laughs> well, so the but back towards your style in the, in the cage, uh how do you feel with striking coming from such a, a strong grappling background uh i definitely didn't really start off super confident in striking um i did a little bit when i was younger and kind of you know worked my way into it but um for most of my amateur fights my striking was pretty minimal um i think a lot of people think my striking is worse than it is from the contender series um so i'm gonna kind of let them think that for now but uh I mean, you won with the t you, your your debut was a victory by TKO. So I mean, that's got to count for something. Yeah, um, yeah. So I kind of, um, you know, I've been keeping it low profile, but I've been, you know, doing a lot of striking, uh, a lot of stand up stuff, working on my all my footwork, trying to get faster, trying to be more explosive. Um, yeah, I think I might be able to show that a little more this next fight once it gets announced and all that. Can you tell us anything about about the future insofar as like fight details or is that under wraps right now? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I'm sure if I just, you know, name the opponent, that'd be kind of an issue. But uh, I was supposed to be on one of the cards in May, um, but we'll see whether or not it's in the location they say it's going to be in. Yeah, that's it's it's really tough. Although, like the I from what I've been, I didn't get a chance to see it, but today's UFC event, um, it seems like a lot of people love the like the fact there's not a lot of booing and yelling during the yeah. fight, and you get to hear the corner advice almost like it's a an episode of The Ultimate Fighter or something. Yeah, so, that's interesting. Very similar to what I've uh, seen from like some of the old Pride fights in Japan and stuff. Because the Japanese audience is like so much different, they're like quiet. They actually like try to watch it. Oh yeah, you can a hear. I, I saw some. You can almost hear a pin drop 
you know, and Eddie Alvarez actually talked about that a lot when he made the move over to one championship is that like, they're very, very respectful. Yeah. Uh, have you gotten much FaceTime with any of the, like the, the big names in the UFC or, uh, Max Holloway was talking to me a little bit um, at 245. He was a super cool dude. He was uh, he was pretty chill because he kind of, you know, he came up in the same situation where he got into the UFC super young. So it kind of, you know, I guess related with him. Um, I don't know, like around the Performance Institute, you see a lot of um, a lot of the like big name guys just kind of wandering around. And it's kind of it's cool. I've seen like Zabi. I've seen uh you know, like Dominic Cruz, Cerrone, like all these guys just casually walking around. Oh um, man, has the has the the stardom effect worn off? Like, are you starting to see these guys as your coworkers yet? Or I feel like uh, I don't know what it is, but I've never really had that with anybody. Like, uh, like I got to meet Forrest Griffin when I got there, and I was like, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" Like. Uh, <laughs> Like, cause I don't know. I feel like I realize once I see people like, yeah, they're just regular people, you know, they've put in, you know, a similar amount of work to me to get to where they're at. And they kind of, you know, I'm sure they get annoyed about it after a while. Like you don't want people just running up to you, taking pictures at the PI where it's supposed to be like a ton of high level dudes. So you kind of, I try to take that into consideration. You don't have to name names, but have you ever seen like a really prominent dude at the the Performance Institute, and you were in the back of your head, you're like, "Oh, I could take him." Definitely, a lot of guys in my division. Um, Ooh, you know, that's kind of my. Uh, <laughs> that's my thing. Is like when I see guys, I tend to get more confident. Like, oh, okay. Like, uh, you know, in my head, I picture them way, like way bigger than they are. Like, you can say huger on the show. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to work on my grammar, but uh, yeah, no, I kind of it brings everything into perspective, and uh, you know they seem more human when you see them in person. Well, it's got to be confident knowing that although everyone is a very high level all around fighter, like how many high level, like really high level grapplers are there? You know, like yeah, there's there's something. Once you're getting up to that black, like that brown belt, black belt level, you just, like the the rules start to get a little fuzzy, you know. Yeah, so there's definitely some people that I've seen that are like uh, black belts, but not necessarily on the level that I would say. You know, they're not necessarily world class black belts. They got it maybe because they're in the UFC, um, which is kind of interesting to see. Or they're people that used to have really great jujitsu, but they kind of um, they focus too much on the striking. Um, not to call anybody out, but um, you can call. Oh, if you want to, you know, Amanda I'm not going to stop. Her, Ooh. Last fight, uh, <laughs> her last fight with Jermaine, like the grappling, I was like, I was a little bit, you know, like I like Amanda Nunez. I like her style. She's a fantastic fighter, but um, I feel like it looks like she hasn't been spending as much time grappling. Like uh, she should have just murked. Uh, Durand me on the ground you know like you're a brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt fighting a dutch kickboxer like you should be able to kind of handle them however you want it shouldn't be as back and forth especially with the grappling i can't even i'm, I'm having trouble remembering her last submission yeah uh, i think she's just kind of 
Yeah, it was she in twenty. It was in twenty sixteen. That was the last time she submitted someone in the in the octagon. Yeah, I think she knows she can hit hard, so she's kind of more focusing on that. But uh, you know, I like people that stay true to the roots of uh, jujitsu and all that. Well, not to make a direct comparison, just because I don't know if it's a direct comparison, but you saw something similar with Ronda Rousey. You know, she comes in Olympic level judoka, like amazing throwing ability, great clinch work. She's she's making it look flawless. These highly technical throws right into arm bars, right into like right into mount, just like really flawless technique. And she started to sort of go away from that into boxing. Edmund, uh, her, her coach was saying she could beat up Olympic boxers and it's just, you know, so are, do you think that while you're going to continue to get good at striking, you're going to, you're never going to forget your home base? Definitely. Um, I'd like to kind of take the Damien Maya approach where he, uh, like he has good striking, but he strikes enough to get to where he wants to be he strikes enough to clinch or to get takedowns. Um, just, and he wrestles enough to get it to where he wants to be, uh, to like be able to do his jujitsu. Um, I think that's what I've realized with my time with all the developmental deal stuff is like, that's my base. That's how I want to finish fights. Um, that's, you know, where I am better than most of the people I fought so far. So I kind of want to stick to that. Do you, do you still put in any time in the gi or is it all no gi? like uh, MMA style jujitsu. Yeah. So, uh, six day or what? Five days a week. I do gi one day a week. I do no gi. Um, I do obviously a ton of MMA stuff, which involves the grappling, but, um, I love gi jujitsu. So I kind of stick with it. Uh, once I get really close to fights, maybe like the last couple weeks, um, I'll still like drill, um, for gi jujitsu, but then I'll just take my top off and do more no-gi MMA rolling. Which, what, what kind of guard, what kind of guard player are you? I gotta, I gotta ask. <laughs> uh, it depends if I'm gi or no-gi. It's so much harder. Um, I feel like to play more, uh, it's harder to play open guard, no-gi. Um, but I, I'm definitely big on the no guard or the open guard and the like inversions kind of going upside down type of stuff. Um, for Nogi, I use more like Daily Heva and, uh, yeah, X-Guard. I, I only ask just because I've been uh, I've been doing more Nogi lately and I've been playing around with Rubber Guard. And I know a, a lot of people have – even still have some weird opinions about 10th Planet. But I've been, I've been loving the transition from Rubber Guard to Omoplata. You know, that mm-hmm. seems like – and I know that we're not going to be seeing many Omoplatas anymore in the – in the cage but you know you can a guy can dream yeah i think it's just so difficult with like uh that's harder to finish than most submissions i'd say in general but uh you know once the guys start sweating a little bit once it gets you know yeah gets that going it's uh it's super difficult for the guy not to slip out um yeah i like i like doing a lot of the kind of off the wall stuff um just because I have more of that new jiu-jitsu style, I'm not super traditional, but um, I definitely have that base. Are we going to see you pull guard? <laughs> For sure. I think I did. Oh, in my no. Fight. Uh, yeah, I was going to. Uh, that's why I was asking. It kind of looked like you were, you were pulling guard a little bit, and I was like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I my God. Uh, He's pulling a Dylan Danis. 
Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it worked out. Well, since you're since you're like such a since you've reached such a high point in jujitsu, we see a lot of like very prominent MMA fighters from like all sorts of promotions doing sort of cross events with like submission grappling. You see a lot of MMA fighters do like submission underground. Like sometimes they'll do like I know that there was that sumo fight at at Substars yeah, yeah, recently yeah. that I just don't even want to talk about that. But do you foresee yourself kind of breaking into? any of those sorts of events like showcasing your your skills in the gi or no gi just to keep yourself fresh in between fights yeah so uh i'm buddies with uh i'm friends with some of the guys at ufc fight pass um so they work with a lot of those um grappling shows uh mainly like evi and stuff uh i was looking at some of the combat jujitsu that happened i think last weekend or the week before yeah uh yeah, I'd like to do something like that. I think that'd be fun. Well, I know uh, Eddie talked uh, a while ago about bringing EBI back and so that he would have combat jujitsu and EBI. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I, I don't know how closely you follow, you know, the the professional BJJ scene being as uh, MMA focused as you are right now. But is there anyone in that world that you think you'd like to go up against? Ooh, I'd have to see because uh, I'm telling you right now, you versus Nikki Ryan would sell out so fast. <laughs> for sure, I think I might have uh, a couple pounds on him because uh, I saw when he went against Uriah. I could do that though; that'd be fun. Are you um, just gonna hit him? <laughs> yeah, hit him and try not to get my knee blown out. I mean, he's he's the you got to watch out for the legs, you know, with them. Do you do you play leg locks at all or? A little bit, but I know, like, I know enough to know when something's going to happen. I know the right way to roll and all that. Um, but I'm definitely not going to go in there and, like, jump 50-50 and try to, you know, go toe-to-toe with him, as they say. Well, if it to- ah, I see what you did there. Well, if you know the right way to roll out of a heel hook, you know more than BJ Penn. And yeah. that's gonna get that's gonna be an angry email, but you know. No, when I was watching that fight, I was like, "Oh, I think he's rolling the wrong way," and then like a half second later, he was tapping. So, I I'm a one stripe blue belt. I thought he was rolling the wrong way, and that's yeah. saying. So. But I mean, also Ryan Hall is such an assassin with those things. You know, you, if if you let him get to that position, you're it's like a it's like a wrap. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you? Sure. Do you still like follow fights as a as a fight fan? You know, are you ever like going looking for a free night to catch a, a UFC card that you're not on? Yeah, I mean, I watch fights kind of casually. Like I'm, uh, some people are more dedicated than I am. Uh, you know, like I remember going to a fight with some of our amateur guys, and like right before they're supposed to fight, they're watching fights on UFC Fight Pass. I'm like, oh, I don't know why you're doing that. <laughs> like uh you know i try not to think about fighting when i have to fight but um no i can watch it casually like there's matchups that i like to see um there's fights that i'm interested in um but i look a little more closely at some of the 45 um fights just for you know potential matchups in the future and all that okay so you're you're saying you don't necessarily like to get too into fighting as like a passionate fan, right? Like if you've got something coming up because you're, you're very job oriented. Do I have that right? Yeah, definitely. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to watch some dude get brutally knocked out before I'm fighting a guy that, you know, is known for brutally knocking people out. 
So I kind of, you know, I try not to think about stuff like that too much. Yeah, I think I think Gary Tonin said he made the mistake of looking up one of the guys he was about to fight, and then he just stumbled onto a highlight reel, and he's like, "I was like, he was like, now I'm terrified." <laughs> so, if so, what exactly? Like, what what sort of hobbies do you have outside of the fight game? You know, it's just a, a young guy, you know, into into the culture. What's like? What do, what do you do with your free time? Uh, I do a lot of like gaming and stuff in my free time. Um, let's see, I do sometimes. I'll do some like indoor rock climbing uh you know just for a little bit of cross training uh i'll go swimming do yoga hang out with my dog um oh what kind of dog you have uh german shepherd i was oh yeah. <laughs> i got two shetland terriers that i kind of want to huck off the roof sometimes <laughs> yeah. i love them but they're loud <laughs> stick with one dog that's something they don't tell you stick with one dog multiple is a lot of is a lot of work just just yeah, go on yeah, I grew up with a lot of dogs, so you know I'm happy with one. Are, are we going to see a, a teenage dream uh, Twitch channel in the near future? <laughs> I'm trying to get my tax stuff done right now, so I can see how much the government wants from me. But uh, you know, whatever money I get to keep, I might invest in like a PC and uh, you know some stuff to get some streaming in. I'd like to start doing that. I think it'll be fun. Or you could always ask your dad, Ben Askren, to maybe yeah. foot the bill. Like, you know, we could bond over it. <laughs> I really am waiting for that. It'll happen. I'm waiting for the day that you, Sean, and and Ben Askren are all in a room together. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how much Sean's into the joke anymore. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It was something when, uh, like, Ben Askren tweeted, like, oh, I hope that isn't my son. <laughs> and then uh, with a picture of Sean O'Malley. And then O'Malley, it was, like, right before his fight, so I don't know if he was, like, uh, you know, like, a little more on edge from the cutting weight. But uh, he, like, tw- tweeted back a picture of uh, him getting choked out by Damian Maya. He was like, oh, I'm glad this isn't my dad. Aww. <laughs> so I was like, oh, that's, you know, it's a little aggressive, so he might not be into the joke anymore. Okay. Well, back back to you. Uh, you talked specifically. I, I asked you how you you were eyeing up some of your your contemporaries in the PI. But are there any specific uh, matchups? You know, maybe in the top ten that you're you're really hungry for at one forty five. I like to take my time for sure. Um, I don't want to jump into the top ten too quick because uh, the top ten for forty five is stacked. Like uh, yeah, you know. Obviously, there's no easy fights in the UFC, but uh, 145 is definitely one of the more stacked divisions. And uh, yeah, the top 10 is just full of killers. So I kind of, um, I want to take my time. I want to see who does what, maybe catch some of the older guys on their way out and kind of, you know. Well, I don't know about easy fights. You know, they, they let CM Punk in and they, they might even let Logan Paul in. So <laughs> we'll see. Would, would you take that fight? Yeah, I think he's pretty big, though, because um, I saw him with that video with uh, Paulo Costa. So I think he's pretty big, but uh, I'd take that fight for sure. Would you bump up to 205 or whatever whatever he's fighting at? For sure. I'd probably just walk in there. Uh, just walk in there. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that for my amateur fights. I would, uh, I'd fight at 55, but I didn't even weigh that much yet. So I was like eating like uh eating like trail mix and stuff, like on the way to weigh ins. 
how like how has the weight how has is the weight cutting process for you as a guy who's who's very much still developing into a, a full adult? No, if, no, I don't mean that sounds no. mean, but <laughs> no, you're good. I'm used to it. Uh, it's interesting. I'm trying not to. Uh, I'm trying not to mess my body too much, mess up my body too much permanently. Um, you know, because I'm not sure how that's going to affect my hormones and all that. Um, I already know a little bit that it does affect like my hormones and all that. Uh, but yeah, cutting like massive amounts of weight kind of sucks, but, uh, I have enough, um, you know, like I'm driven, driven enough to be able to do that. Um, but I'm just trying to make sure that I'm not doing too much to where I'm going to have a poor performance or to where I'm going to, you know, hurt myself in the long run. Well, just frame of reference, my dad is the only one of his brothers that is below six feet, and he's also the only one that was like a really into wrestling in high school, and he was cutting massive amounts of weight. Like his like his liver almost shut down sometimes just because they really didn't know what they were doing back then. So yeah. being vigilant of it is is very very important. I definitely, I definitely applaud you for that. Just because you also see those videos of like, uh, you know, those old videos of cyborg cutting weight, you know, yeah, and how yeah. hard it can be on you, you know. So, all right, well, we're we're nearing the end here. Just, uh, I was wondering, do you have anything else like you'd wanna you wanna plug like any upcoming things or appearances that you have going on or? Uh, no, I don't really have anything planned. Uh, I guess if you're in phoenix arizona i'm going down there for my sister's wedding uh so there's that you know congratulations how big how big is your family uh just me and my sister so oh younger or older uh older by what like two years so oh okay so you're the you're the crappy little brother for sure okay no i get it (laughs) I get it. Well, well, any any call outs? Any hot uh, call outs? You want to try and call out Sage Northcutt or something? See if he'll come over from one. <laughs> I always wanted to fight Sage Northcutt when I was like a little scrappy fifteen year old kid. I just yeah. <laughs> he looks like the bully in all those uh, like those teen movies. So oh, I, I'll do you one better. He looks like the bad guy in every. He looks like one of the bad guys in every Mighty Ducks movie. Fair. Like one of the like. Or all the you know Jehovah's Witnesses that come to my house. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely a positive guy. Maybe he's a maybe he's a a, a DL Scientologist and his yeah. his Thetan levels are through the roof. All right, all right. Well, uh, Chase Hooper, thank you so much for filling in for for Kev. Kev, we hope you get better soon. Uh, hope to have you back on uh, in the future, man. And uh, good luck to you uh, for the for the beginnings of your career. Can't wait to hit you up when you're uh, fighting for the belt, and I'll be like, "Hey, man, uh, you know, tickets—they're a bit expensive." And uh, <laughs> I talked to you that one time. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, all right. Well, uh, you can follow Chase at uh, his social media, which will be linked below. I have been Kevin Bradley. This has been Chase Hooper, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>